So something unexpected just happened. Uh, they just announced two new positions at, at church, which is great. I feel pretty confident that I can do one of those roles really well. It's, it's nice to have options. It's nice to have the option to work for my church. I'm Travis Albritton, and you're listening to Ministry Startup, the podcast about what it's like to start a ministry from scratch. This is episode seven, and in season one, we're going behind the scenes to follow the beginning of my online teaching ministry, Unlock Your Gifts. Previously on Ministry Startup, I attempted to launch my first course to the world. The key word there is attempted. You know, I was really excited about it. I thought everyone else would be really excited about it, and so I was expecting a a huge opening day, opening week, uh, with the initial uh, offer, and then it didn't happen. (laughs) This wasn't the start I was hoping for, but among the discouragement of having failed initially, I still felt really optimistic about my long-term prospects. Talking to Brian, my one and only client, gave me the inspiration and motivation to continue trying new things and looking for new ways to keep the ministry going. Now I just had to figure out what to do next. In ministry, most things do not go according to plan. In the beginning, most leaders will have a destination in mind, somewhere they are trying to go. And this is important. Because it's this end destination that gives the ministry focus. But equally important is the leader's ability to stay flexible, to adapt to changes on the fly, and to be willing to stray from their plan in the pursuit of that destination. And that's because God often likes to add little wrinkles to the plan, little tangents, adjustments, and additions. Now, it would be nice if God gave you a heads up, a warning when he was about to do something unexpected. But that's not how God likes to roll. So as I'm trying to figure out how to make Unlock Your Gifts successful, God was getting ready to introduce a new variable into the equation. You may remember in the first episode of this podcast, I said this about trying to go back into the ministry. The church that I would work for, my home church in Jacksonville, they weren't hiring anyone, nor were they planning on hiring anyone in the near future. Well, that was no longer the case. Not only was there now an opportunity to work for my church in Jacksonville, but the role they were opening up was right up my alley. So something unexpected just happened. Uh, They just announced two new positions at, at church, which is great. I'm, I mean, I'm always, I'm always excited about that. Uh, cause it means church is doing well. Um, and optimistic that we'll hit our special missions goals so we can actually hire them. And, uh, initial reaction. Well, they're not, they're not traditional ministry roles, which I'm actually optimistic about. I, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, happy that is that way because I feel pretty confident that I can do one of those roles really well, the uh, communications director role. 
Um, I'll be able to apply a lot of the same stuff that I've been learning with Unlock Your Gifts to help my church stay better connected, be able to have a lot more flexibility in my schedule, and be able to do Unlock Your Gifts on the side while I also am doing ministry during the day. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'm still processing how I feel, but it's definitely... It's nice to have options. It's nice to have the option to work for my church. Most full-time ministry jobs are cut from the same cloth, meaning they're all very similar in nature. You're either leading a group of people or you're in charge of a certain aspect of the church family, like Sunday worship, kids ministry, or administration. These kinds of roles lend themselves to individuals that can wear several different hats at the same time. But these new roles were not like that. The communications director, for example, would be in charge of fixing a very specific pain point and nothing else. Jonathan describes the problem in one of our creative team meetings. We want to have certain pieces out there be be a part of a, a smaller, more intimate nucleus team. Okay? And so that's kind of what we want to talk about today. Because we have the, the central like leadership team, you know, with the elders and, and, and Paul and I. Um, but we I'm convinced, we're we're all convinced like that's like just not gonna cut it. You know, not not for what we hope. And part of that is because the way that we're set up as a church family people want to feel like they're in a room like this right here even though there's like 300 people and to do that is like seriously impossible like logistically like that's just not going to happen but there are creative cool ways that we can foster you know interconnecting parts like dinner with a twist and things like that and but the other real huge way that we think that we can do this is by being creative in communications, you know, in media creation. Because one video of one person can make the rounds throughout the entire church and you feel like it's an intimate storytelling. Whereas you'd never have time to do that, you know, for every person, you know, but you can kind of. So basically, our church was too large and too spread out. For people to feel connected to each other in a meaningful way. Members would feel close to the people they interacted with during the week, but disconnected from everyone else, including the ministry staff. Being able to trust your leaders is critical to the health of the church body, but it's impossible for two staff members, which is what we have right now, to get meaningful time with over 300 members and get everything else done as well. It's just not going to happen. So we needed a way to scale human interaction and utilize the tools and people at our disposal to do it. We needed someone who was an accomplished teacher and communicator, someone who knew how to use social media and the internet as a communications tool, and someone who could think outside the box and come up with creative solutions to existing problems. We needed someone like me.
While it seems like this move should be a no-brainer for me, after all, I've been trying to go back into the ministry in some way, shape, or form for over a year at this point, it's not that simple. This new role presented me with a dilemma I had never considered, with stakes that couldn't be higher. The decision to make the wise choice or the faithful one. You may remember that I said this about making decisions based on money. How can I really live a life that reflects the things that are truly important to me when I, really, when I sit down and think about it? You know, that I can sit down and say, money's not important, but then if I make decisions based on how much money I'm making, then money is important. So really just doing a, a serious audit of my life, and I've gotten to the point now where I feel really resolved. I want to wake up every single day knowing that I am doing exactly what I was made to do and that I am fulfilling my potential on this earth so that when I get to heaven, I will have left nothing on the table. I would have left it all on the field, put in everything that I had, then everything that I could do to leave an impact, to help people, to love people, and to walk with God every single step of the way. So when I recorded that video, I felt 100% committed to the words that were coming out of my mouth. I didn't want to make life decisions based on how much money I would make, and I still don't. But no decision as life-altering as a career shift can be made in a bubble. It doesn't matter how spiritual you are. The line between what is faithful and what is foolish is often very blurry and hard to discern. Let me describe my predicament. This was a part-time role, meaning no benefits, no health insurance, and a significant pay cut. Like, at least a 50% cut compared to what I was making at my current job. And I don't care how frugal you are, if you start making half as much as you did before, you're going to feel it. Now, the last time I pursued a new job, I totally failed when it came to communicating with my wife, Andrea. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just go back and listen to episode four of the podcast to see what I mean. You have full permission to laugh at my expense. So this time around, I wanted to make sure Andrea and I were still on the same page about this change. How did she feel about me going into the ministry now that it was a real possibility? And you still feel that way now? Even, uh... Because I know before, like, we would talk about it, like, as a hypothetical. Yeah. But then, like, now it's like, okay, this is a real opportunity that I might get. Mm-hmm. Like, has that changed the way that you think about it? Like, has it made it harder? Has it made it easier? It hasn't really changed at all. I don't, I don't think it will change until it's a reality, and I'm actually mm-hmm. seeing it come to fruition. And, you know, when... We're not able to just, you know, go out to eat on a whim anymore. Like, things like that, I feel like it won't really hit me until then. Um, but in in anticipating that, like, I don't feel like... I still feel like we're going to, you know, be fine. Like, we don't, we don't need to go out to eat, you know, three times a week or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as how I'm thinking about it, it hasn't really changed. 
mm-hmm. that much. So we were still on the same page, which was good. But going into the ministry would mean cutting out a lot of the luxuries that we currently enjoy. And while I was 100% willing to give those things up to pursue the desires of my heart, Andrea would not see a direct benefit. She wasn't getting anything out of the deal, other than a potentially happier husband. So I asked her, how would she think this benefited her? Now, there's obvious benefits for me going and working for the church, like that I don't, I don't wake up before the rest of the world, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that I actually enjoy what I do during the day. But how do you think that you benefit? Because I think it's important that you benefit from this decision somehow. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about like what would be better for you if I started working for the church versus now? Because there's no like direct thing that's like obvious. Like yeah. to me, that would be like super obvious. Yeah. No, I've thought about that. I mean, I think the biggest thing I feel like I would benefit from is. Um, you having a much freer schedule, just having the flexibility to, you know, spend more time together, I think is the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to, honestly. Um, just, just having more of a synced up schedule so that we can spend more time together. And, um, but I think too, like, um, just you being happier with what you you're doing because I know like I can relate to also feeling like oh I'm spending 40 hours a week doing something that I don't really care to do and I don't feel like it's it's fulfilling at all you know I think that all benefit just from you being happier and just a happier state in general and not feeling like you know you're wasting your life After I got Andrea's endorsement, I went full steam ahead to figure out how we could make it work. What would our budget need to look like if I was making less than half of what I was currently bringing in? And after going through several versions and iterations of our family budget, I was able to get the numbers to work, but just barely. So in anticipation of potentially working for the church, there's a lot of number crunching that went down. Did you ever get tired of me, like, showing you budgets and, like, asking you money questions and stuff like that? Um, I never got tired of it, but it definitely made me think about just, like, our lifestyle and things I didn't want to give up, but that I could, you know, live without if it meant, you know, you doing something that you enjoy. So I just remember thinking a lot about that just individually, like, what what that would look like for me and, um, you know, just thinking about what are the things that I'm willing to, I guess, give up that I'm doing now that I don't really need, but I enjoy the luxury of being able to do it. So we were going to try and make it work. That was the answer we eventually came to. It would require sacrifice and things might be tight at times, but it was something we were both on board with. But even now, after all of that, this decision was still difficult for me to make. You see, if everything went according to plan, and if nothing bad happened, 
We'd just squeak by. But life isn't so neat, and God never promises that we'll be free of hardships or unexpected large expenses. What if one of us gets sick and can't work? What if a hurricane comes through and takes out our house? What if we start a family and it costs more than we can afford? Now, the wise person would probably say to wait until we have enough saved up that money isn't a problem. But you never really have enough money to be safe. The number continues to grow as you save. And that mindset is a very slippery slope to idolatry that many good-hearted Christians have fallen into. But on the other side of the coin, I also didn't want to foolishly rush into something just because I felt a certain way about it. Being excited about ministry, even though that's a good thing, isn't an excuse to be reckless and then ask God to pay my bills because I wasn't smart about it. Now, if I was single, the stakes wouldn't be nearly as high. I would just figure it out, even if that meant selling everything I owned and sleeping on a couch somewhere. But I had a responsibility to take care of my wife, one that God takes really seriously. Paul gives this very specific warning in 2 Timothy 5.8. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Ouch! God takes this whole be a responsible husband thing really seriously. So I didn't want to put my family at unnecessary risk and thus incur the wrath of God but I also wanted to trust God. Now, trying to understand what God is doing or what is coming down the line in the future is basically impossible. But I needed to settle on an answer. I couldn't waver between these two options forever. Eventually, I would have to make a decision. Based on everything that I knew, would I pursue this new position or not? I figured out everything that needed to line up for me to feel good about this decision. If everything on that list got checked off, then I would make the switch. I would quit my job and not second-guess myself for a second. But if not, if everything didn't line up, then I would hold off and trust that God had something else coming down the pipeline. Something even better, if you could believe it or not, than what was currently in front of me. I'll admit, it's a wild ride trying to honor God with your life, but I wouldn't have it any other way. It sure beats the alternative, where life is bland, boring, and mediocre. I had done everything that I could to prepare myself for the opportunity to go into the ministry. Now I just had to wait for God to open the door. And oh yeah, figure out what I need to do next with Unlock Your Gifts. I still didn't have a plan, or even the resemblance of one, but that was about to change. On the next episode of Ministry Startup, I get some game-changing advice from another self-supported minister just when I needed it most. 
Let's say you were to create a Yeah. You actually have to get the people in And have them commit to the process. Right. Yes. I believe that the church's best days are yet to come. And I believe that it's ordinary Christians doing extraordinary things that will get us there. Now, you may be asking yourself, hey, Travis, what can I do to help the podcast? Well, I'm glad you asked. The best way for you to help this podcast is by leaving a review in iTunes or the Apple Podcasts app. It doesn't take very long, and it makes a huge difference. Oh, yeah, and tell your friends about it, too. You don't want to keep all this awesomeness to yourself. You can find out more about Ministry Startup by going to my website, ministrystartup.com. The theme song for this podcast was written and performed by Flo Up. You can find out more about his music by going to his Facebook page, FlowUp623. Other music from this episode was written and performed by Michael Parallax. You can find his music on SoundCloud. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon on the next episode of Ministry Startup.